I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. I'm joined by Ashraf Rizvi, founder and chief executive officer of New Age wealth tech app Gilded. You're focusing on a younger audience, perhaps I might like to suggest with this app, the millennials. How have they been coping with planning investments in the face of the pandemic? I think millennials have been early adopters, of course, of technology, as you'd expect. And they've been using mobile devices to access all sorts of things, whether it's home delivery of goods, whether it's purchasing things online, whether it's uh, interacting with their friends, etc. So all of these things are being really led by millennials. And I believe that the financial markets are just another one of the things that they're starting to interact with. And we see that, for example, here in the US, perhaps maybe too much of it in things like Robin Hood. But of course, we see uh, millennials interacting with Amazon or other, you know, even home delivery apps. All of these things are happening and they're happening globally. It's not a localized situation. If I was going to be flippant, I would say they're spending most of their time on Grand Theft Auto, and that is not an investment app as such. I would be inclined to agree that that's true. I have two myself, and uh, they spend far more time on Grand Theft Auto and various other games than they do on uh, Uber Eats or, <laughs> or uh, financial apps to purchase or, or build wealth, for sure. Having said the the generation is tech savvy, yes, obviously it is. How is the technology influencing the way they invest? There's two sides of that. So one, uh, which is perhaps the negative side, is that technology has made it so easy that it's probably too easy and has made it risky in that sense that they have get-rich-quick mindset that somehow they're going to you know find the stock or the cryptocurrency or whatever it is that's going to make them rich, you know, overnight. And so that I think is 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 a significant negative that's out there and we have to be careful about it. The other side of course is making it easy and providing most importantly I think education and information to users. I think financial information is unfortunately there's a lot of bad information out there. To the extent that uh, the better service providers can provide good quality information, which is fact-based, that's a great opportunity to help educate everyone, whether it's millennials or or uh, others in the uh, investing population. Now, if we look back a little, or perhaps not a little, but a lot, it seems as though the past is very much a different country pre-COVID. How have money management practices among millennials changed in the last five years? Because it was five, maybe six years ago that we started to see the introduction of apps like Gilded. How have you and people like you influenced how the millennials are behaving with the advent of these apps? Yeah, I believe that uh, all of these apps have basically made things easier. I think the primary change is access, is that more people have access than ever before. And the ease of use makes it more probable that they can leverage these tools to be involved in the investing economy. So I see that as a positive on many, many levels. And I already touched on the potential negative, which is that we have to be careful that we don't let them get misperceptions of of, uh, this is gambling or a casino-like society and that it's about investing, which is different and very different than speculation. 
And we have to make sure that we keep those in mind and help educate the users as well in that regard. Yeah, investing is not buying a lottery ticket. And yet you mentioned it yourself a second time there. Yes, it's become easier. Apps make it easier. Apps with education would keep me better informed and help me make better decisions. But at the same time, some guy on Facebook is going to recommend a great stock to me that is going to make me millions. How do we get over that pitfall? How do we get around that? Yeah, Robin, I think that's a that's a huge challenge. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the pros and cons of social media are sort of inherent in your statement, of course. One is the pro is that it gives everyone a voice, which is great. Everybody matters in that sense. And that's that seems very fair. The the problem is unfortunately not everybody is informed enough to provide you good advice. And so getting advice from somebody on Facebook is probably not the best thing or many other forms. There are people who are professionals and um, others can sort of impersonate professionals, even though they're not qualified to do so. And that can be very dangerous. And so I think that is a risk that has to be managed. And, and I think some here, and to some extent here, buyer beware does apply and is going to be more and more relevant than ever before. Fully appreciate caveat emptor, to put it in Latin as it was originally offered to us. But surely the apps that are going to be big winners in the future, the services that are going to be big winners in the future, and again, this is an issue we've already touched on, are going to be those that offer education as well, that are going to be those that empower their customers and their potential customers to make the right decision. I agree. I, I believe so. This is something that we're working diligently on to ensure, and I think all the best apps provide a lot of education and they do a good job of making it simple and easy to understand and consume. And really, more importantly than any, probably anything else is they keep it fact-based. I think this is probably the most important thing is that we, we don't want to tell you what to do or suggest what you should do. You should have the right to make the decision that's appropriate for you and for your risk tolerance. There have been several things that have become available that were not available before. I'm thinking of digitally enabled investment options that physically could not be offered before. These investment opportunities, these new tools, how much of a difference are they going to make to the next generation of investors? I believe it's going to be a huge thing. I think we're at the early days, uh, if you will, let's, uh, you know, in cricket terms or baseball terms, the early innings of this of this change. I think we're seeing this already happening. So whether we're talking about ride sharing, whether we're talking about renting homes or travel, this is happening everywhere where people have mobility and access to information and they can gain it through many, many mechanisms. And of course, I think financial markets or investing is something that when I started, you know, almost over 30 years ago, it was done largely by pen and paper and by phones. And we've come such a long way that everybody can have access. These tools are democratizing that access. And so I think this, what will happen, the big trend here will be that consumers will be able to use these apps to help their overall financial profile, get the information they need on a real-time basis, be able to do things they need to do easily not have all these cumbersome problems, which is one of the problems I think a lot of banks face is that they tend to be cumbersome, they're difficult to deal with, 
And now, of course, you can do it all from your mobile device, which has really become one of the most ubiquitous instruments in the world. Almost everyone has has a mobile device if you're probably over 10 years old and you know how to interact with it. And so I think that's very powerful, whether it comes from education or uh, financial services that can be offered. Well, talk to me a little bit about digital gold, because this is your speciality. You touched on it a bit in that the world has moved into uh, a, a place where people don't necessarily need to have whatever asset it is in their physical possession in the sense that, uh, you know, now, you know, you don't need to own the house, you can rent the house, you don't need to own the car, you can rent the car. You know, in the 1800s, people actually started to deposit their money in institutions called banks. <laughs> and, and, you know, they didn't worry about the fact that they would run off with their money. It's interesting that when we think about gold, which has really been the ultimate store of value for thousands of years and predates all money, really, uh, most money was tied to gold all the way up until 1971 when President Nixon removed the convertibility of gold to the dollar. What has happened is people are now more and more comfortable with somebody else holding on to their asset or that they feel comfortable with. Gold doesn't seem to have gotten there as yet, but I believe it's moving rapidly in that move, uh, you know, sort of movement. Similar to, I would say, let's use the example of India, for instance. My parents are first generation Indians. When they moved, of course, very few people had landline telephones. Here, all of a sudden in, in the uh, 21st century, in a space of about 10 years, hundreds of millions of Indians have mobile phones, but they never really had landline phones. And I believe the same thing will happen is that investors will be able to access products in certain ways that they could never do before. And so, for example, why not hold gold in a Swiss vault or some other vault that's safe, takes care of the insurance, the aggravation, all of that, but it's your property, and then you could do with it as you need to and wish to. Okay, let's finish up then on this thought about the millennial generation. They have a different mindset to those of us who are perhaps not millennials, let's just put it that way. They are more entrepreneurial, they are more open to, to fresh challenges perhaps than previous generations. How's that going to impact the way they approach wealth management? My first thoughts are around more likely to becoming a kind of a gaming and gambling type of culture. That's, I think, the downside, which we touched on already. So I, I do believe some element of that is going to be there. Generally, what changes that, from my own experiences, having been in financial markets for long, so long, is things like the crash of 87, the dot-com bubble bursting in 1999, 2007, 2009. Those things start to leave scars and you need to have those. And millennials, of course, are just not old enough to have those scars. And those will happen. Of course, we know that what is going on in the world today, this is not sustainable. There will be some reckoning for what is happening. And so there will be another version of these events that I just mentioned. You just never know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. And so I think that is what's going to change this behavior that's happening. But in the end, still ease of use and simplicity and ability to provide information to the users is very powerful. And that's a positive that I think we can all benefit from. Ashraf Rizvi, founder and chief executive officer of Gilded, thank you very much.